leaving the ministry every every month. Uh, that's that's kind of frightening when you think about it. Uh, the pressure of the ministry, the demonic attacks that are constantly there that you're dealing with almost every moment of the day. There is just an attack on the ministry, those who are involved in ministry in some way. So we need to we need to consider that and and pray a special grace on our leadership. And so I trust that you will do that. I'm honored to be here and I give honor to Pastor McGuire for their faithfulness in serving you in this community. Uh, I'm looking at this congregation and I, um, I, I realize that I fit very well here. Amen. Don't say that amen too loud. Your <laughs> <laughs> little DNA. Yeah. Gray hair just kind of blends in, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I wanted to share just a few minutes uh, with you this morning. I know it's been a long uh, day already for some. And I know it's, we, there's a lot of things going on today and tonight. And I need to move this pen because it's, I'm going to keep hitting it and it's, the noise will drive me nuts. Uh, so I, I just want to share with you a little bit this morning and uh, see what the Holy Spirit will do. I noticed the theme of the songs this morning were all wrapped around the presence of the Holy Spirit and I, I appreciate that. Uh, we need that. We need that desperately. Amen. We desperately need the Holy Spirit to move into the, the local churches and, and just do something. Sometimes I don't know what he needs to do, but he needs to do something. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, whatever. Just <laughs> if, 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 if you can use me somehow in the process that I'm, I'm available. I've had, I was uh, just listening to the courses and having a lot of thoughts and memories about the early days of uh, attending a local Pentecostal church. Uh, I, I shared the other night that my mother was gloriously saved in a Baptist church, but not long after that was invited to a tent meeting and uh, was gloriously filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it just changed the whole destiny of our family. Uh, but I've watched my mom, there was a little lady uh, in, in the local church, her name was Sister Bailey. Sister Bailey was about big as your finger, and uh, she wore those big old spiked heels. I can, just, I can still see her in my mind's eye. I was just a child, but I can still see her. And it was going to be either her or my mother that was going to start kicking her heels up and get things moving. And uh, you could count on it. It didn't happen Sunday morning. It was going to happen Sunday night. And they would shout all over that church and... Uh, get things moving and God would just show up and, and sometimes just look over our ignorance. Amen. You know, I think we did some things in ignorance back in the day, <laughs> but we were serious about it. And so maybe God just said, you know what? They are so serious. And, and they, they, they just, uh, sometimes maybe even out of water a little bit, but even so, I'm just going to be there, and I, my presence is going to be there, and I'm going to do some awesome things. And uh, th There's a few things I miss about church today. I, I do miss, uh, you know, people 
being more involved in praise and worship. I do miss altar services. I, I do miss that. I do. I do, I do miss. Uh, some, I don't know why sometimes pastors are reluctant to do the altar services anymore. And I and I think that's just part of what we do is we give people the opportunity to pray. You never know what they walk in this building carrying, and they just need an altar uh, to lay it down and get up and walk out. Uh, I'll say this and then I'll get on. I'm just carrying on here. Um, I never dreamed I would be in the ministry, first of all. I, I just, uh, I just, uh, it still amazes me that, that the Lord had called us. But what made it easier for me, Pastor Cliff, uh, preaching anyway, what made it easier for, for me was the wisdom of an older uh, man in my life back in the 70s. He was an evangelist. His name was, his name was Johnny Roberts. I think he had some connection with the Congregation of Holiness. Uh, but I remember in Columbus, Georgia, my wife and I were with him and we were eating at the old Shoney's. I don't, there's not very many Shoney's left. Uh, and they're famous for their hot fudge cake. Oh, gee whiz. I wish I had one right now. <laughs> that two pieces of toast didn't do very good for breakfast. But anyway, uh, we were sitting in that restaurant, and I always struggled with preaching and putting sermons together and what all that meant. And he said something to me that just changed everything. And this is what he said to me. He said, he said, he said, well, you know, preaching is like, it's, it's like art. And he gave an illustration. He said, he said, you know, when you go into a, an art gallery or, uh, or a restaurant or somebody's home and, and you see a piece of artwork hanging on the wall and it grabs your heart. And sometimes you, to the point that you even go, and buy one just like it because it speaks such volumes to you. And he said, that's how preaching is. Somebody else may preach it. Somebody else may write it, the sermon. Somebody else may say it. But if it grabs you, then it becomes yours. And I, I have applied that now all these many years. Uh, I remember we were down in Panama City years, years ago. We went into, uh, I think it was Captain Andrew's restaurant. I know it was a seafood restaurant. Mm -hmm. And there was this picture on the wall, a, sea, uh, this, uh, uh, a picture of a, uh, of a boat and some fishermen pulling in fish with a net. That picture so grabbed my heart and spoke such volumes to me that I made an offer to the, to the owner of the store to buy it from him. And he sold it to me. And I still have it to this day. And that was probably 30 years ago. And it still mm -hmm. speaks to me. So that's how that's how the message is. That's what makes it easier for me to, to preach and communicate the gospel is because it has first grabbed my heart. Amen. This message that I'm going to share with you this morning grabbed my heart. And, and, I, and I took possession of it in more than one way. The pastor even sent me the notes. <laughs> So that made it even sweeter. Uh, 
so I want, I want to share with you just this just one word and that word is stretch s-t-r-e-t-c-h stretch that's kind of an un unfamiliar uh, uh, title for sermon usually i don't even have one so be honored that i'm giving you a title this <laughs> stretch and before i share this turn back to matthew chapter 12 verses 9 through 14 of the scripture it, it's such a joy to have uh, uh pastor clifford to grow with us this morning. This, this is a mighty man of God who has served the Lord many years and done, done an awesome work for the kingdom. Uh, pastored churches all over the country and, and traveled all over the country. Uh, and and uh, is now living here in Carrollton. Uh, but I'm so honored to have him with us today. Uh, what a joy, what a delight uh, to, to, to have Pastor Clifford with us, I man of God. But in Matthew chapter 12, it, it says this, going on from that place, he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. Not the man with the shriveled hand, but the Pharisee. They, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into the pit, or a pit, on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and, and uh, lift it out? Verse 12 says, how much more valuable is a man uh, than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to them, Jesus said to the man, stretch your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word, helping to communicate this message in such a way that it would bring encouragement to every hearer this morning. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Now that word stretch is used twice in this passage, and, 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 the, and this, this word really contains quite a bit of meaning. Uh, and, and because of time, I'm not going to go into all the detail, but uh, it simply means to, to re, re, regain original shape or to push to the limit. Now, none of these definitions are, are extremely popular in relation to the situation of the storyline of this passage. There is a man who has a swivered hand. That's what the word says. Uh, the fact this hand is, is shriveled it implies, if you read this, the scripture, it implies that it's not always been this way. Something happened to cause it to shrivel. Uh, that, that, that at one time there, 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 there was life in his hand. And at one time his hand was just as normal as the other hand. But whatever happened probably wasn't a foreseen occurrence. Life could have been going along as planned. Everything was on schedule. Everything was going along as it should. And then suddenly, everything changes. Have you ever experienced that in life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think all of us have. Everything was good. Everything was wonderful. And then you get the phone call. Everything was going good. And then the accident happened. Everything is good, and then you're rushed to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. 
It wasn't planned. It wasn't premeditated. It just happened. I don't know what happened in this young man's situation, but obviously something happened. There was an accident. Maybe he fell out of the back of the chariot. I don't know. Maybe he fell off the camel in a camel race. I don't know. You, you can use your own imagination because we're not told what happened. We just know that there was a man who had a shriveled hand. That's what we know about this story. And so uh, life, life could, 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 could have been go, going along just fine. And boom, everything falls apart. I remember, and here, I, if I'm not careful, I'll get chasing rabbits, but this thought comes to my mind. I remember in 1985, I was working in a grocery store as a produce manager, and I get the phone call on a Friday evening, and, and I, 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 I'm not sure who made the call. My wife may have made the call to the grocery store, I don't know. But the manager came back and he said, your wife has been in an automobile accident. Mm. She's been taken to the hospital and you need to go. That was unplanned. That was, un, uh, that was not uh, uh, in the schedule of things. But a truck had crossed over it in the center line and head on. And she was hurt, her back. And I never had much compassion for people with back problems. I'm just being honest. But after her injury, that changed everything. Now, I'm very compassionate towards people who have any kind of injuries. It's amazing what that did for me, much less how it injured her. But I can tell you, she lived with that for years and years and years. But over in a meeting in Macon, Georgia, a number of years ago, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit came by. Amen. Turned her every way to loose. Amen. She explained it like this. She said, the, the, the lady was praying for me, and when she prayed for me, she said, all I can remember is just falling backwards. And it was like I was just floating about six inches off the ground. Mm. And when I was float, felt like I was floating, the blood of Jesus, the healing power of yes. the Lamb of God, flowed through my body Hallelujah. and healed me. Praise the Lord. Yes. Now, this woman has fallen out, and we were living in the fifth wheel 12 years ago. She literally fell out of the door three times that she told me about. I mean, just standing at the door and the ground's from here to there and she just falls out three times. Mm. And you know what she does? She gets up and walks away. My Lord. <laughs> I think her back is healed, don't you? Amen. Amen. Yeah, just give the Lord some praise. <laughs> I think her back is healed. The bottom line is we, we don't know what happened if there was a sickness, if there was an accident, but damage had occurred. And as a result, the muscles in, in, the, in, in this man's hand had atrophy set in. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> atrophy. You, 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 if you miss what I'm about to say now, you're, you're, you're not going to get anything else that I say. Atrophy moves quicker than you can imagine. Atrophy, by definition, is the loss of mass. That as the result of what has happened, things just are not the same. Now, you have to get that statement. If you don't get that statement, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again because it's so important for the next 15 or 20 minutes. Atrophy, by definition, is the loss of mass. 
that as a result of what has happened, things are not the same. Mm. Mm. Now, you, you ladies who have had children, you remember back in the day when you went to the hospital to, the, to deliver the baby and the stay was a week plus in the hospital? And then if everything was okay, they sent you home? Now it's have the baby today and you're out tomorrow. Go figure. You know what the medical profession has decided and, and learned? That the quicker you can get up moving, Come on. The better off you're going to be. Amen. Amen. It's, it boils down to that. If, 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 if you have heart surgery one day, in all probability they're going to have you up the next day moving you around. Come on. Because they know the longer you lay there, mm. atrophy has the opportunity to step in and take away from your life. Come on. Come on. Now that's medically proven. I'm not just yeah. saying that. It, it is true. It yeah. is true. When, when they, they, they started doing this, I'm like, even I'm like, what are they doing? Don't they, don't they know they've got to be in there at least a week with that baby? And they were sending them home the next day. And my wife and I had to have these conversations. And, and, and they would do these heart uh, situations. And the next day, they would have them up walking. And I'm like, what are they doing? Mm. Now I know what they're doing. Come on. They're trying to keep them from atrophy from setting in. Amen. Which is worse. Mm. So that that so right after surgery, when you when you are barely awake, they're telling you that it's time to get up and walk. Mm. I mean you know what I'm talking about. Mm. I want you to understand this because if you don't get this, you won't get the rest of this message. If we're not careful, atrophy sets in in many forms and in many ways. And, and, and can take us out much sooner than we should have been. So you thought they were just trying to be mean because they, they and, and they didn't understand that you were suffering after this great trauma in your body. And, and, and But they really did understand that if they let you lay there for so long and too long, atrophy would set in and the condition would be worse. Come on. So that's why they do what they do now. I thought it was all because they were... Just wanting to get you out of the hospital to save money and make a room for somebody else. Though they wanted to get you out in many cases to give you longer days on the earth. Mm. So atrophy can take hold within days. Within days. I have a friend. Uh, he's, I think, I think Chris is in his 40s. And he had a brain tumor. Uh, I think it was on the left side here uh, back last year. Or earlier this year in the spring. What time are we? Oh, this is October. Yes, I was in the spring. And, and he, he had this, this this brain tumor that was cancerous, so they went in, they did the surgery, and it, it, it almost, the surgery itself almost took him out. And they said that he would he would be a quadriplegic mm. for the rest of his life. He, he would never be able to use his hands. He would not be able to walk. He, he would not be able to feed himself. And uh, it, he would lose his vision. And it, that, that prognosis was, you know, that was very painful for the family. And for him as well. I mean, he's got, he, he's married. He's got a two, 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 two couple kids and grandkids. And here he is in, the, in his 40s, a prime of his life. And he gets this diagnosis. 
But Chris is the kind of guy that he's not, he's not going to take that sitting down lightly. And, and so, so now almost a year has gone by since the surgery. Well, let me give you an update on Chris. Let me give you an update. Chris is now using his whole body. Amen. He, he hasn't got the strength in his legs yet to walk, but, but he is standing with help. Praise he is using his arms. He's using his hands. Hallelujah. He's, he's uh, moving around a little bit. And, and uh, a bunch of us guys every year for the last 14 years, we go down to Jekyll Island for a fishing trip. Guess who was there this time? He was in his wheelchair, but he was there. And he said, I am determined by December I'm going to be walking. Praise the Lord. You know, it would have been so easy for Chris just to succumb to that diagnosis from the medical field. Yeah. It would have been so easy. But he refused. I, I, that was not in the notes, but I thought I'd just throw that in there. So you see, when something that was healthy becomes unhealthy, we have the urge, we have the instinct to, 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 to draw back sometimes. But the opposite is much more healthier for us. I just want to share a few things with you uh, that, that I believe is, the Lord is just wanting to speak to us about. You know, muscles are not the only thing that this kind of danger exists for. When damage occurs, we go into protection mode in, instead of stretch mode. When you hurt your hand or mm -hmm. uh, maybe your back, or, what do you do? Yeah. You're, you're going to do everything you can to protect wherever that injury is. That's just a natural, normal mode. Come on. Protection mode. I'm going to protect myself. Well, I'm going to, I, I just want to share with you a, a, a few areas where, if we're not careful, atrophy can set in. Number one is, I want to tell you marriages that, that, were, were, were healthy for years can, can face some kind of blow and, and we find ourselves withdrawing from each other, protecting ourselves and hedging our bets. I have another friend that he, he and his wife, they were married for, for a number of years. They had three children and, and one of those uh, sons was killed. He drowned actually. They, the dad took the two boys down to him a, a local creek and, and, and they just had this rain, all this rain and it was, a, the, the creek was flooded and the dad allowed the boys to get in, in the creek on inner tubes to float down the, the creek. And, it, and during that, one of the boys fell off the tube and drowned it. Mm. And it's put the marriage in a spin rather than drawing them close to one another where they could grieve together it splintered the marriage and they separated. And not long after that, they divorced. And to this day, they're divorced. And it's done nothing to, to bring back the hurt of the lost child. You know why? Atrophy had set in. Mm. Atrophy had set in. And instead of, instead of doing some things that, it, that could have made the marriage strong, doing some things that could have brought the marriage together. Instead of it becoming better, they became bitter toward one another. Him, her blaming him and he blaming her. Mm. And the marriage ended in divorce as a result of that. 
And, and before long, that atrophy sets in. What, what, what we had spent so much time building up begins to lose mass. If we could just stretch ourselves beyond the protection mode to the mode of the love of Jesus covers a multitude yes. of sin mode. Amen. Then we can avoid seeing such great treasures as marriage dying. All over this country, can I tell you about all over this country, in the church, out of the church, divorce, is it, it, it's, it's exploding. And I think one of the reasons that divorce is exploding, because people do not understand atrophy. Mm. They do not understand that look, just because you have an issue, you cannot let that issue dictate to you what your future will be. In the middle of that issue, the most important thing is to do is stretch it. Come on. Stretch, stretch. D and I, I, I wish I could tell you that we've had a perfect marriage. I don't know what that looks like. I've never seen anybody that's had a perfect <laughs> marriage. We've had our ups and downs over the last 53 plus years. We've had issues to deal with. We've had conflict to deal with. We've had children to deal with. We've had all of those things to deal with. And oh yes, with the mindset of the world, it would have just been easy just to walk away and say, I'm done. And in doing that, we'd have, we would have allowed atrophy to set in and dry up and the marriage would have deceased. But instead of that happening, we let those issues of life, those challenges of life, draw us together and make us stronger. Let me tell you what, I wouldn't want to do life with anybody else but D. Ryan. I know her like a book and she knows me like a book. And, and I'm too old to start over again anyway. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in, in marriages, if, if, if young couples are not careful, atrophy will set in and shrivel up the marriage mm. until it's unproductive anymore and divorce sets in. And then families. I'm just going to talk a few things here and I'll be through. Families. You know, families suffer barriers, uh, families uh, go through difficult times, families, uh, uh, if they're not careful, they become bitter towards one another. I've, I've seen families, I've seen children be explosive toward their parents, and I've seen parents be explosive toward their children, and that scripture keeps coming to my mind, honor your father and mother. Hmm. There's a great promise there, and, and it doesn't say if they do everything right. Come on. It doesn't say if they don't take drugs. It doesn't say if they don't drink alcohol. It doesn't say if they're not perfect parents. That's right. No, it doesn't say that at all. It just says honor them. Amen. So when I see children dishonoring their parents, that grieves me because I know they're violating the scripture. And it's going to allow atrophy to set in. And that family situation will only become more complex. So we have to be careful with families. Your, your family is, is the most one of the most valuable gifts that you will ever have in life. Amen. Amen. I won't go into any family, personal family problems, but I could. Everything is pretty calm now for the last few years. Thank God for that. But there were times when we had the we, we had the challenge of are we going to allow atrophy to set in or are we not? Are we going to work through this or are we not going to work through this? And so the decision has always been we're going to work through it 
and it's difficult to work through it. But if we care enough about the family, then we're going to do it. Come on. We're going to do it. You know, I've, I, this is embarrassing to say, but, but, I, have, but I have family members uh, where, where, where the parents won't even talk to the children and the children won't talk to the parents. I'm like, what is this? What is, why, why is this so? What is so difficult that you would, you would, you would literally sacrifice the relationship with your children or your parents just because of whatever? Why can't the mother or the father go and say to the children, please forgive me for any pain or harm that I've, I've caused you? Why can't the children come to the parents and say, please forgive me for, for behaving like I've behaved it was wrong please forgive me you know that's the right thing to do that's the stretching thing to do yes that's that's the stretching thing to do and in the stretching the healing comes come on just like the man with the withered arm it was the stretch thing had he chosen not to stretch he would never have been healed so 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 so, so why is it i i, I watched this my, my own sister my own sister, who is raised in church and goes to a Pentecostal church even this day. They're probably in, a, in service right now this morning. They're probably in church meeting. But my question is, why can't they get it right with the kids? Mm. And why can't the kids get it right with the parents? I, and, and the only answer I have is atrophy has set in and shriveled up their relationship until nobody can... Mm. I tell you what the easiest I told my son this I'm going to tell you this the easiest thing in the world to do if you want to get it if you want to get things done in a hurry and get on with your life be quick to repent and quick to forgive amen don't let it linger because the longer it lingers the more shriveled it becomes until atrophy has set in and taken over It's sad, but it's true that there is such division among the family, biological families, and in the household of God. Yes. Listen, you're not going to always get it your way. Come on. Amen. Now, that's more of a pastoral message this morning. You probably wish that preached at a camp meeting. But I got news for you. You're not going to always get it your way. Pastor's not going to always preach the message that you want to hear. The color of the wall might be a color you don't like, or the carpet you don't like. But what does it matter in eternity? Amen. What does it matter? Who cares what, what the carpet looks just unless it's neon pink or something? <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? It's those it's 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 those things that just that, that, that we, we just can't seem to to, to take, take the responsibility of it. I've had to go to my wife many times. Please forgive me, Pastor. Here's the thing. Here, he, he, you know you know the scripture. Paul Paul he's saying he's saying. Listen, if you have fault against somebody, yeah. then, then you go. Yeah. Or, or if you think somebody has all against you, you go. And I'm thinking, why do I have to go? I didn't do this. They did it. 
So why do I have to go? Paul is simply saying, there is an issue here. Let's get it resolved. Amen. He's not blaming anybody. He's not kicking anybody to the curb. He's just saying there is an issue. Let's go get it taken care of. Come on. You know what? You may not remember this, but 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 I I've had issues with pastors' wives in my younger years. And I came to the conclusion after I bought three dozen roses at three three different times for three different pastors' wives. You know, I said I, I felt I, I decided out there I needed to get my act straightened up. Because <laughs> this is getting expensive. <laughs> I, I remember one of the last times we had this. We had this pastor in our in our district, and uh, and uh, she, she, she hated facial hair. <laughs> you probably know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you remember, but she hated facial hair, and she didn't mind telling you. And, I, and I've never been one to grow. I, I think I grew a full beard one time. Looked like a mountain man, and so I shaved it. I, actually, I had I had a goatee like yours till last week. It was looking pretty good. And I said, ah, I'll just shave it off. So, so I'm not opposed to it at all. But she was opposed to any kind of facial hair. And she would she would get me all the time. She would get me cornered all the time. Telling me, you need to get rid of that hair on your face. Yang, 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 yang. And one day she called me. We was at a restaurant. There was a bunch of preachers at a restaurant. She was there and she was standing behind me. And, and I had that beard. And she, she just started. She just started on me. And, and I and I turned around and, and I pointed my finger at her and I said, let me tell you something. When you're dead and in the grave, I'll still have this beard. I know that was ugly. That was ugly. That was rude. That was disrespectful. I, I admit it. I sinned. But before atrophy set in, before atrophy set in, I called a local florist, a florist and said, listen, I need a dozen roses sent to this address for this lady. <laughs> and I got that taken care of pretty quick. I did the same thing to the other ladies, too. But I just, I, you know, so the, so things just irritate you sometimes. And here, here, here's how you can tell if you're over it or not. You want to know how you, know how you can tell? If a week has passed by, and it's still irritating you, then you're probably not over it. Mm. Y'all mighty quiet this morning. Mm. Good word. You Good understand word. what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's something somebody said, something somebody done, something you've done, something you said, and you're not over it in about a week, and it's still in there irritating you, you need to go take care of it. Because if you don't go take care of it, atrophy's going to sit in, mm. and you won't be able to stretch. Mm. And that relationship will come to naught. I have very few friends that that, that that have been with me for the long haul. I have about three friends that have been with me for about 50 years. And in those 50 years with those friends, we've had opportunity to... Matter of fact, we have... We've had words. But you know what? I valued the relationship so much that I was willing to say, look, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I, this, this is all on me. And because of that, the relationship continues to this day, 50 plus years with those, those other gentlemen. Let me tell you something. If we're not careful, atrophy will set in and destroy everything that God wants to do for us in our life. Relationships 
are, are important. Families are important. Amen. And lastly, I want to tell you, if we're not careful, atrophy will set into our spiritual lives. Mm. Something has happened. I don't know how many people I know that are not attending a local church anymore because something real small happened. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the pastor didn't shake their hand. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, did you just fill in the blank? But things happen. We, 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 we have failed or we feel like we've been failed and we draw back and, and we draw in, in, in into, this, into this shell. And, and, and before long, the enemy, the enemy has stepped in, atrophy has stepped in, and our spiritual lives become kind of dry. Whatever it is, I think there are many people here who are dealing with atrophy, your hopes, your dreams, and your love is only a shriveled reminder mm. of what it once was. Good word. But in this story, in this story, Jesus says to the man with the withered hand, stretch. Stretch. And when he stretched, the scripture says that his hand became as the other hand. Can I tell you this morning, and listen, there is nothing in me that, that wants to be hard on people. Nothing. You, you folks here, some of you have probably been in this church for many years, and you've weathered a lot of stuff. You've seen a lot of stuff that go in, that, that's going on. Stuff that's brought pain into your life. And and, and, and probably, I don't know, because I haven't talked to Pastor Cliff about the church. So I don't know. I'm just, I, I take responsibility for everything I'm saying this morning. So don't blame Pastor. I take responsibility for what I'm saying. But perhaps there's things that have happened in, in, in the local church that, that severed, has severed relationships. Is that a possibility? Perhaps there are things that have happened in the local church that have, that have caused families to, uh, the atrophy set in and shriveled up. Maybe there are things that have happened in the local church of, that has caused your spirit life. You, it's caused atrophy to set in and you just can't get that breakthrough anymore. Mm. It would be my opinion this morning that the Holy Spirit is moving in these last days to persist in the church with anointing power, with a, with a boldness, yeah. and, and, to, and to position us Thank to do great and mighty things in these last days. So the challenge for us is not necessarily to become any holier, but the challenge for us is to stretch. Oh! Stretch! Amen. And that atrophy that set in in the marriage, that atrophy that set in in relationships, mm. that atrophy that set in in, in in friendships and families, that atrophy that set in our lives, our, in our spirit man. I think the Holy Spirit is saying to us, all of us, we included, that now is the time to stretch. Amen. Amen. And as we stretch, the atrophy is broken off of our lives. And we're able to move and operate in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think that's what he's saying. Amen. I wish I could tell you I was a perfect guy. I am not perfect. I wish I could tell you I've done everything right. I've not done everything right. I wish I could tell you I've never sinned. That, that would be a lie. That would be a lie. 
But I tell you this morning, Pastor Cliff, I tell you and your lovely congregation here this morning, I think God is setting us up for a season of great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But it's been in order for that to happen. You hear me? For, and, and, I, and, I, and I understand the scripture. I, I know there are people praying all over the country. And, I'm, and, I, and my prayer is, Lord, what is going on? And, and when are you going to open the heavens to move among your people? What is it that is holding us back? And I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to me this morning, there's got to be some stretching done. There's got to be some amends made. There's got to be some forgiveness. There's got to be some transformational things that takes place in our marriages, in our friendships, in our relationships, and in our spirit life. We've got to stretch. Thank you, Lord. And I can assure you, when we begin to stretch in those areas where apathy is setting, God will manifest His presence. Does yes, anybody sense that for me? Am I just talking to myself this morning? Come on. I sense that so strongly. Amen. There is no reason why revival cannot fall in Valley, Georgia, right. and this city be shaken. How many right. of you would like? I believe everyone in this building, Amen. your heart is to see that. I believe you are compassionate people, and you want to see the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, move among us. You want to see the anointing power of the Holy Spirit shake our homes and shake our families and bring our chronicles back to the house of God. Amen. I would be, I would be foolish if I didn't believe that. Matter of fact, why would I even be here this morning if I felt like, well, we're just here? Hmm. Another religious service. I can do that in my living room. Come on. Come on now. So I want you, I want you folks that have been here in this local church for all of these years, faithfully. I want to honor you this morning. And I want to say to you, just because you're a little older now, I know our bodies don't move as quick as they used to. I know that. I know that we're not as pretty as we used to be. I was talking to Pastor Clifford this morning. I'm like, my wife and I were discussing his age. And, and we come to the conclusion, yeah, yeah, he's probably in the 60s. He doesn't have any wrinkles on his face. And he's, he's got that pretty black hair. And my wife said, well, maybe he dies it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> my wife's going to kill me. He's <laughs> so it went, a little, it went a little further than I told you. <laughs> But I come to find out he's the same age as me. And I'm like, oh, what happened to me? <laughs> I meet up with wrinkles. <laughs> Gray hair. I remember when we were living in the fifth pool, I got up one morning. It was about 6 o'clock in the morning. And for whatever reason, you know, our bed, the bed in the fifth pool was right there by the sink. And I, I got up and walked over to the sink. And I looked in the mirror. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> and I shook my wife and woke her up. And I said, look, look, look right here. <laughs> This is the face of an old man. <laughs> Just because our bodies don't move like they used to move, that doesn't mean that we should allow atrophy to set in and, and not be sweet in our spirit toward other people. Amen. My prayer is I don't want to be a, a, a I don't want to die an old, mean, angry, bitter man. That's right. Is that a fair prayer? That's fair. Amen. I want to be sweet when I leave this planet. Yes. Whatever that time may be, I want to stay sweet in my soul. I don't want atrophy to set into my life. Amen. I, 
want things of the world to, to set me in. I don't, I don't want preachers who betray you and stab you in the back and walk away from you and kick you to the curb. I don't want the, 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 feel, the feelings of anger and bitterness to set up in me that would be mad and angry at their Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, as long as you got breath, people are going to betray you and walk away from you and cause you grief. That doesn't mean you have to let apathy set in. That's right. Is that fair? That's fair. Amen. I wonder if we got any people here this morning that need to do a little stretching. Amen. I'm not talking about walking around the mall either. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. But I know it's just a matter of time. And I'm going to have to get out and do some exercise. Do a little walking. But, but, but maybe there's an issue with family. Maybe there's an issue in the marriage. Maybe there's an issue with a friend. Maybe there's an issue in this in your spirit, man, and there just needs to be a little stretching done. Just a little stretching. I love that story. Because Jesus said to him, stretch. And when he stretched, he was made whole. And his withered hand was like his other hand. Come on. I just love to walk in homeless. How about you? I've had opportunity to be a bitter at people, and I have been. I know a pastor right now that's bitter because his kids took advantage of him. He poured into their lives and gave them so much. And now that he needs them, they turned their back on him and he got bitter about it. And he'll never be fruitful and productive until he gets beyond that because he's shrivered in spirit. So maybe there's been some things that have shrivered your spirit. Your apathy has set in in your life. And you just need God to help. I need that. I need God to help. My prayer is that then I will be able to finish strong. Whatever time we have left, I want to finish strong and do what I can to help as many as I can along the way. Is that fair? Amen. You think God would ask you that prayer? Amen. Amen. I think God will ask you that prayer. Amen. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, oh. I sense the sweetness of your spirit in this place. I sense your power and your anointing, Lord. Father, I pray this morning if there be any atrophy that's set in in any part of life this morning for any reason, that we would have the courage and the boldness to stretch, just to stretch. And in our stretching, the healing would come in our life. I pray in the name of Jesus. I remember years ago when my son was, he was a prodigal for a number of years. And he caused us a lot of grief. He caused us a lot of grief. But you know what we did? We always kept the light on. And we kept the door unlocked. And we refused to allow his lifestyle to splinter the family. That doesn't mean we condoned it. And he knew that we didn't condone it. But we always loved him. We always welcomed him. We always kept the light on. We had conversations. And after he got his life straightened out many years ago, 
he would come every, it seemed like every six months or a year or so, he would say, Daddy, I just want to, I want to apologize again. I want you to forgive me for the grief I've caused you. And I would say the same old thing. I said, son, there's no need to apologize. It's all under the blood. It's forgiven. It's done. And I finally had to tell him, I don't want to hear it no more. You don't have to, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to hear it anymore. I got it. You got it. I got it. Everybody's got it. Now live your life. You know what that did for my son? That really freed him up. And the atrophy that had set in was healed. I wish you could meet my, my family. I pray for your families. I pray for your families. You know, to me it seems so easy. Why can't my sister go to her, her son and his wife and say, please forgive me for all the pain I've caused in your life. Please forgive me for any hurt that I've brought you. Please forgive me. Why, why, why can't she do that? You know why she can't do it? Because it's a little thing called pride. And, and it's a humbling of ourselves to acknowledge that, you know, I may have caused them some pain. I may have caused some pain. But I can tell you that God will give us grace to do that in every situation, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a family, whether it's a relationship, whether it's our spirit man, God is calling for us today as the people of God to do a little stretching. To do a little stretching. If you're in this building this morning and you need to do a little stretching, I'm not going to ask you to come here. I'm not going to ask you to tell me what your stretching issue is. But I am going to ask you to do this. If you're honest with yourself, I'm just going to ask you to stand up right where you are and say, you know, that's me. I need to do a little stretching this morning. I, I got some issues I need to now this offer is open if you want to come but I got some stretching to do I got some amends to make I, I, I got some things I need to consider before I leave this earth I'm going to consider uh, the, the, the fact that there's some uh, uh, it, 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 atrophy is sitting in certain areas of my life and I'm not blaming anybody I'm not pointing a finger at anybody I'm just saying Lord it's me it's me I'm the one that needs to stretch this morning. Not my children, not my boss, not my spouse. No, no, none of that. It's me, Lord. I need to stretch this morning. So by faith, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stretch out my hand and I believe you're going to touch my life and you're going to change some things in my situation all because I was obedient to stretch and humble myself before you and to kick pride out the door. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm stretching this morning because I want my last days, whatever time I have left on this earth, I want them to be the best. Of, I want them to be fruitful and productive. So I'm going to stretch I'm going to stretch, Lord, all of this building right now. I see people standing. I see people stretching. I see people praying. I see people seeking your face, Lord, and, and determined that there's going to be some changes made in their lives, in their families, in their marriages, in their spirit, man. And I thank you, Lord, that right now you're moving among us as we stretch. We stretch, Lord. Just as you commanded the man with the withered hand to stretch, we stretch. In whatever area of our life that is needful, 
we stretch and we say yes Lord right now in the name of Jesus yes Lord in the name of Jesus we stretch now if any of you would like prayer I, 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 I don't want to not have this altar available to you if you would like prayer if you want to come and pray if you, if you want to kneel if you want to stand if you want us to pray for you I just ask you to step out and come right now not gonna, not gonna tarry here with this, but I buried my soul to you this morning. I, I preached what I felt the Lord wanted us to preach, and I, and I think our best days are yet ahead. Somebody said, "Well, you don't know how old I am." Well, you don't know how. Old. Well, you do know. But it does. Age is not the age is not the issue. Stretching is the issue. Stretching is the issue. So I'm going to stretch this morning and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit stretch me in every area of my life. I declare it. I speak it. I prophesy over my life. And I'm stretching this morning. Things are going to begin to turn. They're going to begin to turn and change in my situation. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just, I just speak it. I declare it. I call it done. In the name of Jesus, I call it done. Jesus. Lord, I pray for this beautiful congregation of wonderful people. Lord, I pray that you would just do something so supernatural and so miraculous. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come down and bring such encouragement to this congregation. Lord, I pray that they would get their second win. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the Spirit of the Most High God, the, the, the Holy Spirit would come down and just challenge us and change us and stretch us like never before. I call it in the name of Jesus. I call it done right now. And I bless you. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. I want to ask you just, if you, if you're comfortable with this, would you just, just maybe take the hand of your neighbor or just lay your hand on their shoulder just minister to them a comforting word, an encouraging word, a strengthening word, a word that would encourage them to continue the journey and finish strong. Yes, Lord, all over this building. Lord, there are men and women here who have children that are lost, and I know it grieves their heart. Grandchildren, it grieves their heart. Lord, we're not trying to be stubborn or rebellious or disobedient. We submit ourselves to you and we ask you for a spiritual renewing for ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we declare it. We speak it. We call it done, Lord. We call it done, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we call it done. Just before Pastor comes this morning and directs us in the service, I want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to come and preach in this historical tent meeting. First time in nearly 50 years that, that there's been a tent in this city. And we may not see the, the results of the meeting immediately. But I can tell you it will be talked.